Hi everybody and welcome to the Junction Church Podcast. We pray that this message inspires and encourages you. If you would like to find out any more information about us, then please visit our website at www.thejunctionchurch.com. Thank you for listening. see before you tonight a man whose faith has been shaken to the core. Uh, not, not, I hasten to add, my faith in Jesus, um, but my faith in Apple Computer. <laughs> I wrote this message um, largely um, yesterday afternoon at Gatwick Airport um, on Jim's iPad, and it was almost finished, and... On the car on the way over here, I was just tweaking this and tweaking that and putting the the finishing touches to it. And just as we came into Aberdeen, the the iPad came up with uh, a message saying the the memory was full and it couldn't save the document. Um, So I thought, fine, we'll sort that. Jim deleted a whole lot of things. Um, Then I opened my document again. Can't open this document. Tried this, tried that, can't open this document. <laughs> Eventually, from, from the thumbnail, we managed to, um, to extract the intro to my message. <laughs> that, that is all. <laughs> the rest is gone. But, but <laughs> during worship practice, <laughs> I have um, resurrected <laughs> the message. So this is... <laughs> Yes, yes, the glorious ruins. <laughs> but, but no, it lives again. <laughs> this, is, this is message Mark 2. Anyway, tonight we're continuing the, the Suit Up series, um, which is about clothes. And it's, a, it's, it's a, a huge irony that I'm standing up here saying anything about clothes. Um, I'm someone who remains in blissful ignorance of fashion. Uh, When when Kate and I got married, I was in the habit of of wearing woolly jumpers. And um, after a a few years, Kate said, look, you you really need to stop wearing woolly jumpers now. They're really not not it. Um, You need to start wearing fleeces. Um, So so I, I said, fine, I'll... The woolly jumpers went in a big pile in the bottom of the, of the wardrobe, and I started wearing fleeces. Um, a few years ago, Kate said, you know those fleeces you keep wearing? <laughs> they're, they're really embarrassing. <laughs> I said, okay, what would you like me to wear? Woolly jumpers. <laughs> If you keep wearing it long enough, the fashion comes round again. <laughs> Do you know what plagiarism is? Any, anyone who's, who's been to university will know this. Um, it, it is the... It is the... Um, it is the seventh deadly sin of academia. It means, um, it means um, copying somebody else's ideas and presenting them as your own. Um, 
Well, I'm a clothes plagiarist. Um, all my ideas on fashion are actually borrowed from other people. <laughs> Everything you see me wearing tonight was not chosen by me. <laughs> a shirt by Kate, jeans by Kate, shoes by Joseph. <laughs> Anyway, fortunately, I'm not here tonight to talk about natural clothes, but about spiritual clothes. And on that, I, I do have something to say. This is a series about covering. It's about, the, it's about the spiritual clothing that God gives us. You see, God equips us to fulfill his calling on our lives. He, he clothes us spiritually in a way that gives us protection that gives us enabling, that gives us empowerment um, to fulfill his calling, to, to live the victorious Christian life and to play our part in the local church to, wh to which he's called us. And there are, there are many garments that, that we wear. Some of them are common to every believer. Um, others are specific to specific churches and a few will be peculiar just to you. But we're looking tonight at one of the garments that God has, has given every believer to wear. And it's called the garment of praise. And take a look with me in Isaiah 61. In Isaiah 61, we, we find the, the keynote verse for this series, which is verse 10. I delight greatly in the Lord. My soul rejoices in my God, for he has clothed me with garments of salvation and arrayed me in a robe of his righteousness as a bridegroom adorns his head like a priest and as a bride adorns herself with her jewels. But back up a little bit and you'll see a bit more about one of these garments in particular. Verse 3, to console those who mourn in Zion. To give them, this is the promise of God, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. And so this garment of praise, this is spiritual clothing which God gives us. It's something that we wear. And notice it doesn't say anything here about circumstances, about God changing the circumstances. Now, in this church, we believe that God can change circumstances. We believe God does change circumstances. And if your circumstances need to change, then, then believe God for them to change. And we'll stand with you in that. But that's not what this passage is about. The garment of praise is not something that we, we take off and put on again, depending on, on what's happening. It's part of the clothing God wants you to wear every minute of every day. In Psalm 34, verse 1, it says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. It doesn't say when things are going well, when there's money in the bank, when I'm healthy and happy and at peace with the world. No, it says his praise shall continually be in my mouth. The thing is, there are times in life 
when we don't like the garment of praise. And sometimes we don't like any of the clothes God's given us. And, and we want to take them off. Why? Because God's clothing constrains us. We lose some of our independence when we wear God's clothing. Because it's preparing us for a particular route through life. I'm a teacher three, three and a half days a week. And I have effectively a uniform to wear. I wear a, I wear a suit and tie to work. And that equips me to be a teacher. If I wanted to go and work on the building site next door, I would need a totally different outfit. And likewise, if I turned up in a boiler suit and hard hat for school, then I think the headmaster would, uh, would be calling me into his office pretty quickly. Because clothing prepares us for a particular role. And the same is true of spiritual clothing. And when we try to to divert from God's root, when we try to to walk with the clothing that God has given us into a, a different environment from what that clothing is for, we will end up feeling decidedly uncomfortable. And then there are two choices we can make. We can either step back into the environment that God wanted us in the first place or else we can start stripping off the clothes. We have a choice to make. In Proverbs 29 verse 18, it says, Where there is no revelation, the people cast off restraint, but blessed is the one who heeds wisdom's instruction. Many of your Bible translations will say vision in place of of revelation. Where there is no vision, the people cast off restraint. You see, vision restrains us. Where there is vision, we are focused. Where there is vision, we are not trying to do this and that and the other thing. We, We are pressing into God's call. Paul wrote, this one thing I do. That speaks of vision. Paul was a focused man. He knew what God had called him to to do, and he didn't try to do everything else. You know, sometimes in church we feel we're we're being squeezed. We feel our options are limited. But, but you know, really, there is so much freedom in the role that, that God has called us to. And when we step out of that role, we're just like a fish out of water it's like it's like me turning up for work one day and going to going to the head teacher and and saying I I really feel that that what I want to do in school today is to stop teaching and set up a pizza delivery service (laughs) and you know the the head teacher wouldn't be too keen on that idea. Not, not because there's something morally wrong with pizza delivery services, but because it's not the vision of the school. The vision of the school is education. And when I'm employed by that school, when I'm a part of that school, when I'm, when I'm on the team, then I'm an educator, not a pizza delivery man. But, you know, sometimes we just want to, to throw off that clothing. Yeah. And Nicky Gumbel um, 
tells this story. I can't vouch 100% that, that it's true, but it's a, it's a, it's a very nice story anyway. LAUGHTER uh, Apparently, the, um, there was an exam one year at, a, at, a, at Hendon Police College in London which included this question. You're on patrol in outer London when an explosion occurs in a gas main in a nearby street. On investigation, you find that a large hole has been blown in the footpath and that there is an overturned van lying nearby. Inside the van, there's a strong smell of alcohol. Both occupants, a man and a woman, are injured. You recognize the woman as the wife of your divisional inspector, who is at present away in the United States. A passing motorist stops you to offer assistance, but you realize that he's a man who's wanted for armed robbery. <laughs> Suddenly, another man runs out of a nearby house, shouting that his wife is expecting a baby, and the shock of the explosion has made the birth imminent. Another man is crying for help, having been blown into an adjacent canal by the explosion, <laughs> and he cannot swim. <laughs> Bearing in mind the provisions of the Mental Health Act, describe in a few words what actions you would take. <laughs> and apparently, one potential policeman pondered long with this um, problem sitting in front of him, and eventually... He wrote this, I would take off my uniform and mingle with the crowd. <laughs> and you know, there are times in life when that is exactly what we feel like doing. God has given us a uniform. God has given us a purpose. God has given us a, a calling. And sometimes it just seems so tough that we want to throw it off. We'd rather go naked than wear that uniform any longer. I remember a, a time in the air church um, when Kate and I were assistant pastors and um, one of our uh, um, high-profile and glamorous ministry jobs as, as assistant pastors was to clean the building every Saturday afternoon. <laughs> and um, this was at the time when we had... Um, just acquired the building and uh, it, it was still under construction. We were meeting there on Sundays, but um, during the week and particularly on Saturdays, there were, there were teams of guys in working. And so our job was at four o'clock every Saturday when the, when the team packed up and um, went home, we'd go in and clean the place from, from end to end. On this particular Saturday, um, I didn't think there would be a great deal of cleaning to do because there wasn't a team in. There was just one guy, and um, I didn't think he'd be, he'd be making much mess. How wrong can you be? <laughs> I went in, the, in the, the office doorway and then opened the door into the, the next section where there were these um, new stud walls being set up to create a new batch of rooms. And um, away in the distance at the other side of this area, um, I could see this guy, but I could barely see him because of the dust that, that filled the air. And he'd spent that afternoon, uh, they'd been... Um, 
They'd been plastering the, um, the cracks and things in the walls and covering up um, nail heads and, and so on. And he'd spent the afternoon um, with a rotary sander going around smoothing off all this plaster. <laughs> so we begin to work. Um, the, the, the particular difficulty on this occasion was that we weren't just cleaning for the, the Sunday morning meeting next day. There was a guest speaker coming and um, speaking at 7.30 that night, and the, the, um, the music team would be in at, at 6 p.m. to start the practice. Um, this guy, unfortunately, he's you know, such a great asset to the church, giving his time and, and for free and so on, but he hadn't thought to, um, to cover the chairs. Um, we, we had lovely fabric chairs, a bit like yours, uh, he hadn't thought to cover the music gear. Um, every, every piece of music equipment was covered with a, a, a couple of millimeters of plaster dust. And um, our normal procedure of brushing the auditorium from end to end just was not going to work. Um, so we, the plan was we brushed it first um, and then went over it with a mop and... Um, it was just utter chaos and clouds of, of dust going up every time, I, every time I pushed the broom. And, you know, at that moment, I wanted to cast off a few garments. <laughs> <laughs> I was wanting to um, throw off my assistant pastor garment. <laughs> And certainly, most particularly, I was wanting to cast off the garment of praise. Because praise is the last thing that you, you generally feel like doing at a time like that. Yeah, and, you know, as I brushed and the plaster dust um, went up in the air and, and rained down all over me, <laughs> I, um, I did a bit of an attitude check. I realized I had a, a choice to make. I've, I wasn't thinking about it in precisely this ter these terms, but this is effectively the, the choice I was making. Am I going to wear the garment of praise or am I going to cast it aside? And, you know, fortunately that day I, I pushed through and for, for a couple of minutes there was a bit of a struggle on, <laughs> but I pushed through. And um, I wore that garment of praise. And I said to myself, I am doing this for Jesus. I am going to continue doing this for Jesus. I'm going to continue to, to serve the local church um, because you have called me and equipped me to do that. You see, going back to, um, to Isaiah 61.3, just after it talks about the garment of praise, it says that they may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. Why trees? Why not doves of righteousness or um, rainbows of righteousness <laughs> or clouds of righteousness? You know, all these things, are they're nice nice spiritual sort of um, sort of objects aren't they doves and clouds and rainbows but, but, but none of them fit the bill 
because doves flap around and, and rainbows aren't, aren't really there at all. And, and clouds, they blow around this way and, and that way and the other way. No, when God inspired this passage, he had something very particular in mind. Uh, we are trees of righteousness because we're the planting of the Lord. Trees are planted. And for the same reason, he didn't, he didn't choose pansies or something. Um, trees. O oak trees. If you look in other translations, you'll see it's, it's oak trees. They're, they've got huge roots that spread out into the ground and anchor that tree so it can stand the t test of time. They're oak trees yeah. that, are, that are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years old. They've got oak, oak trees in, um, in Sherwood Forest that would have been there uh, when Robin Hood was, was patrolling the forest, if, if there really was a, a Robin Hood. <laughs> but, they, but the trees were certainly there, Ro Ro Robin Hood or, or no Robin Hood. Trees stand the test of time. Trees are planted. And that's why we are trees of righteousness. Yeah. We wear that garment of praise because we are planted. And, you know, the, the Bible talks about, in Psalms, about us being planted in the house of the Lord. What's the house of the Lord? At that time it was written, the, the, the house of the Lord was the tabernacle and then the temple. But today, the house of the Lord is his church. Yeah. And God wants us planted in church. God wants us to, to put down those roots so that when the temptation comes to, to cast off the, the garment of praise, we, we say, no, I'm not casting off anything. I'm going to remain anchored. I'm going to remain planted. I'm going to keep my roots deep in the local church. First Thessalonians 5.16 Give thanks in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Not just some circumstances, all circumstances. And the Bible tells us about two guys who, who did exactly that. They're called Paul and Silas. And these guys were just serving Jesus. They were working away. They were, they were you know, they had committed their lives, as, as many of you have, committed their lives to serving the church, committed their lives to preaching the gospel, committing the, the, committed their lives to winning souls for the kingdom. And that was all they'd been doing this day. But as a result of serving God, they'd been attacked by a crowd. They'd been stripped. They'd been beaten with rods. They'd been thrown into prison They'd been taken into the innermost cell where they kept the, 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 the nuttiest prisoners of all. And in that innermost cell, they'd had their, their feet attached to the stocks. And we pick up the story in, in Acts 16, verse 25. It says, about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly... There was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. At once, all the prison doors flew open and everyone's chains came loose. These guys had a choice. You know, think about 
how you would feel if you'd been attacked, stripped, beaten with rods, thrown into prison, put in the inner cell and had your feet and probably hands too locked in the stocks. How would you be feeling? What's the, what's the worst persecution you've ever, ever faced? About the worst persecution I can think of was um, one day in the air I was down the street, street preaching. And um, I was telling the, the folks passing by that, that Jesus had died for them. And um, one guy was really irritated with this. And he, he began to shout as he passed, Jesus didn't die for me. And um, I, I ignored him and kept preaching. He kept it up. Um, fortunately, he was getting a bus. Um, but as he, waited at, <laughs> as he waited at the bus stop, he kept shouting, Jesus didn't die for me. Uh, he got on his bus and uh, the bus pulled away and I sighed a silent sigh of relief. But suddenly a window opened at the top, <laughs> top of the bus. Jesus didn't die for me. <laughs> I think that's about as bad as per- persecution that I've had. How about you? I doubt if any of you have been attacked by a crowd, stripped, naked, beaten with rods, thrown into prison, put in the inner cell, and locked in the stocks. But yet Paul and Silas... They chose in that circumstance to wear the garment of praise. They were praying and singing hymns to God. And, you know, there was a consequence to that. Because when we wear the garment of praise, often that's when the circumstances begin to change. What are you facing this week? Financial pressures? Relationship pressures? Work pressures, church pressures, pressure of no work, marriage pressures, whatever it is, God's got a piece of clothing for you to wear. And it's the key to breakthrough. Paul and Silas' circumstances did change. They were totally transformed. They were sprung free from the stocks and, and released from the jail and ended up... Um, ministering to the prisoners, to the jailer, to the jailer's family, and seeing lots of people saved. But that wasn't um, before they wore the garment of praise. It was after. So I'd encourage you this week, whatever you're facing, choose to wear the garment of praise. Because when we wear it, God covers us. When we wear it, God protects us. When we wear it, God delivers it. When we wear it, God begins to lead us into breakthrough. And, you know, so often we want the the breakthrough to come before we praise God. But God's saying, check me out. God's saying, take a faith step. God's saying, praise me first. And then look and see the breakthrough that will come. (coughs) Wear the garment of praise this week. Let's pray. Thanks for listening. If you have any questions or you'd like to find out contact information or service times, then don't forget to visit our website, www.thejunctionchurch.com. God bless.